Welcome to Quest, where we believe a great faith, great church experience, and great life is grounded in authentic relationship with God and living life with friends. Join us today in changing our world one friendship at a time. If you would like more information about connecting at Quest, stay tuned after the message. Now at this time... I want to invite Dave Diani to come on up. He's going to share with us our sermon. And Dave is a pastor at Vineyard Community Church in Reynoldsburg. Uh, he and his wife planted the church in 1978, uh, which is, I think it's fantastic. Uh, he and his, his wife have been doing ministry here in this community for over 40 years. And um, they, they, they do remarkable things for Reynoldsburg and for Columbus, for pregnancy care centers, for giving bikes away. There's so much that Dave has done. And, and so we're really really blessed to have him here to share with us. Dave, in fact, has been leading a pastor's group with, among Vineyard Churches, and so his leadership has blessed so many people, including myself. And so please help me welcome Dave as he comes to share this morning. We're good. We're good. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hey, excited to be here. Actually, I have not preached inside the church building since March. We've been doing all of ours online as well. So hey, this is good. I'm inside and glad to be with all of you. So, um, you know, I've been reading the Bible, getting close to 50 years right now. And, um, you know, I, I have found this book to be amazing, as I'm sure most of you have as well. It, it is alive. And uh, the exciting thing about it is, you know, when you're reading it, there are those moments uh, sometimes where Scripture just jumps off the page, you know, comes alive. You're just like, oh, man. I mean, if you ever had, any of you ever had that experience, you're reading, and you may have read it before, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this thing is talking to me. It's, it becomes alive. And, and oftentimes when that happens, that, that passage may become what we might refer to as like a life verse. It's something you hold on to. And, and I want to take some time this morning and talk about that because for me, sometimes these life verses become so important. They're like life-changing. And I want to talk about a passage this morning that when it came alive to me, literally changed my life, changed my whole perspective of my relationship with God. And I, I pray and hope that uh, this morning I can help you with this because this is really great stuff. It is the parable of the uh, pearl of great price, which I think most of you are familiar with, but I want to go at it from a different angle. And, uh, you know, whenever you get a revelation, whenever I get a revelation, I, li I like to refer to it as an epiphany. I, I just think that's a cool word, an epiphany. I'll say, you know, I just had an epiphany. And uh, an epiphany is like, um, another word for it would be wisdom. But, but there's a difference between getting an epiphany and having knowledge. Like knowledge is just information. I have facts and I have this information and that's nice. You need to have knowledge. But when you get an epiphany, it means you take the knowledge and it becomes part of you. You go, oh, it's that aha moment. And there's a big difference between having an epiphany about something and having knowledge. For instance, people who smoke cigarettes have knowledge that smoking is going to kill you, right? It's right on the package. This is going to kill you. They have that knowledge, but as long as they're smoking, they don't have the epiphany, right? How, how about this? People who are texting while they're driving, right? They know if you're texting and driving, you're going to kill somebody. You're going to get in an accident. They have the knowledge, but until they get the epiphany... It doesn't, it doesn't become theirs. When you get the revelation, the wisdom, wisdom is actually taking knowledge and applying it to your life. And so this is what I want to do here this morning. I want to read this passage out of Matthew. It's um, Matthew chapter 13, and it's Jesus speaking. And it starts in verse 45. Jesus says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, 
who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. The pearl was so valuable, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Actually, back up just a little bit. Verse 44, it's a similar parable saying pretty much the same thing. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hid in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So I've read this parable many times. I'm sure many of you have read it. And the traditional view of this parable, actually both, both parables, is that uh, we should value our salvation so much and that pearl is our salvation and we should be willing to pay whatever price it takes that, that, that there's nothing more valuable to us than that relationship with God. And, and, and I totally understand that and that's the way I, I've understood it. Matter of fact, there's songs written about that. Uh, there's books written about the pearl of great price and, and there's some truth to that. But one day, I'm sitting down and I'm reading this story and I'm just meditating, just thinking, wow, this is, and this is a story Jesus told. And, and, you know, Jesus, more often than not, did his teaching through stories. We call them parables. And there's something profound about a story because when you hear a story, you tend to remember it. For some reason, stories just stick. And you can remember stories years ago told and you still remember them. I remember stories I was told as a child and they just stick. They kind of stir something in you. Which just, uh, by the way, as a side note, mom and dad absolutely best way to teach your kids lessons is not to preach but to tell them stories you want to teach a lesson tell them a story especially if it's a story of your own life and so here's jesus telling a story to help us understand the kingdom of god and i'm meditating on this and i i felt like there was that moment where the holy spirit came into the room and sat down next to me and sort of tapped me on the shoulder and said dave you're reading this all wrong and it was like what and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, take a look at how Jesus uses the parables and compare. He had me go back and look at the previous parables right in this chapter and see if I was misreading this. And I went back and I began to read. And you have several parables in this story, in this chapter. You have the parable of the sower and the seed. You have the parable of the sower who sows the seed and then the weeds are sowed. And you have all these different parables. And, and I began to realize that the best, well, we, we know this, the best way to interpret the Bible is to have the Bible interpret itself. There's this word called hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is a way of interpreting the Bible, and there's several different ways. You need to know the language and the history and stuff, but the safest way, the safest way to understand the Bible is to have the Bible explain itself. And so I went back, and I'm looking at these parables, and all of a sudden I started realizing Jesus tells a story, and then he himself interprets these parables and tells us something. He tells us, in like starting in verse 35, 36, 37, he says, he, Jesus says, and he answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man, and the field is the world. And so in these parables that Jesus is telling, the man doing the deed is the Son of God. It's Jesus, or God, doing the deed, and the field is the world. And so I went back and I read this, and all of a sudden I realized... Verse 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hid in the field, which a man found, hid, and for the joy over it goes and sells all that he has, buys the field. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. When he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. The man is not me. It's Jesus. And the pearl is me. 
The field is the world. This takes the entire parable and flips it on its side and completely turns it around. What he's talking about is that it's God pursuing you rather than you pursuing God. There's another passage in the Old Testament in the book of Chronicles where it says, the eyes of the Lord are searching all over the world, diligently looking for people on whose behalf he can be strong. He's the one searching for you, not you searching for him. This will change your relationship with God. You know, there's basically two kinds of Christians. There's the one kind of a group of Christians who feel like they have to earn God's favor by doing good things. We should read more, we should pray more, we should give more, we should serve more, and those are good things and we should do them. But there's another group of Christians who come to the realization there's nothing that I do that earns God's, God's favor. My reading more, praying more, giving more, serving more does not change God's love and desire toward me. God, what this is telling you is God is looking for you. He wants to hang out with you. The God of the universe. He thinks you're so awesome. He wants to hang out with you. Now, now maybe to kind of drive it home a little bit, if some of you can remember back when you were single and you didn't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you heard, if you're a guy, you heard some pretty girl was interested in you. Or if you're a, a lady and you heard some handsome young guy was interested in you. What was your reaction when you heard that? Like, oh, that's a bummer. Oh, oh now I have to go find out. I got to go see who this person is. I'll have to spend some time talking to them and figuring out. No, if you find out this pretty girl is interested in you or you find out this handsome guy is interested in what what happens? All of a sudden you're like, I'm interested in you. I'd like to find out more about you. And this is what's going on here. What Jesus is telling us is the kingdom of God is laid out like this. It's all about God wanting to hang out with you. It's God saying, I'm really interested in you. I want to spend time with you. So, so then it kind of, kind of brings home this thing. Well, why, why is he that interested? Like, am I really that valuable? Like, how much am I worth? You ever have that question? How much are you worth? Like if you're applying for a bank loan, I'm in the process of applying for some bank loans, refinancing some mortgages, and you know it's always a little intimidating. How much are you worth? You know, take all your all your uh, all your possessions and total them up, and then subtract out everything that you owe, and then you say that's what you're worth. You know, I read the other day. This is always I always think this is amazing. You know how much you're really worth if we could take all the chemicals and minerals out of your body and sell it to a chemical lab? Anybody want to take a guess how much you might be worth? Help me out here. Anybody? How much? Three? Did you say three dollars? You need some help, man. (laughs) Forty. Keep going. Add a few more zeros. You Google this. You know what you're worth? If we could sell all the chemicals? Six million dollars. How about that? I'm worth six million dollars. Of course, I have to die to get, you know, you have to boil me down and, but here's the thing. I'm worth more than that to God. In the story, he sells everything. He gives it all up. 
He sees you. You are so valuable. You are, you are so special. He'll do whatever it takes. He'll sell it all. He'll buy that field. He'll buy the world. He wants you. You're the treasure. So, so this kind of helps when you read other passages of what, what Jesus did when he actually left heaven and came to earth. What was going on here? And, and why would he do such a thing? And it tells you in, in Philippians, in chapter 2, verse 4, here's what it says in Philippians. It says, first of all, let each of you look not out only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Then he says, let this mind be in you, which was in Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant coming in the likeness of men. Jesus was willing to give up his God stuff. He was God in heaven, part of the triune God. He's searching with the eyes of God and he's looking and he says, these people are so valuable. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give up my God stuff. He took upon himself the form of a servant and came and became man. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, he did it for the joy that was set before him. It wasn't a burden. He wanted to because we're so valuable to him. And here's the thing. Can any of you, are any of you good at jewelry, recognizing like stones and emeralds? Could you, could you tell the difference? Like, I know when I go to stores, especially when I go to third world countries and you go to these markets and they're selling pearls and diamond bracelets and stuff, and I'm looking at it, I'm going... I don't know. I don't know if that's a real pearl or not. I don't know. I can't tell the difference. But God can. God can tell the difference. He's an expert. And and here's a question. Why is a pearl so valuable? What's so valuable about a pearl? If I'm hungry, can I eat it? No. If I'm cold at night, can I use it to warm me and cover? No. If it's raining outside, will it protect me from the... No. If I need some tools, a screwdriver or a hammer, is a pearl... What is a pearl good for? Somebody somebody help me out. What's, what's a pearl good for? It's pretty to look at. It's not useful. It's just beautiful. And here's Jesus calling us that treasure, that pearl. Numerous places in the Bible, Old Testament, where, where Jesus, man, this is, yep. Where Jesus, or actually the scriptures talk about God calling us his treasure. Passage in Malachi, where he says, I will call you my treasure, my special jewels. In the book of Exodus, I will gather my people and they shall be my special treasure. This, this, this should sink into your hearts. We are valuable to God, not because of anything we can do. A pearl has what we would refer to as inherent value. It's just valuable because it's beautiful to look at. And this is Jesus telling us, this is how God sees you. You're, you're valuable to him not because of what you do, you are valuable to him because of who you are. You are a child of God created in his image and he will do whatever it takes 
to connect with you, to have you in his possession. Now, now I find this so amazing because if you know much about investing, I'm moving into retirement and so for the last 10 or 15 years I've been trying to figure out investing because one of the things you're supposed to do is have a pension fund and, and stuff to carry you through retirement. One of the things they always tell you is diversify. You know, don't put all your money in the stock market. Uh, or if you have your money in the stock market, maybe you should have some mutual funds and then you should also have some real estate and maybe you should have some CDs and, and maybe you should have some cash. You know, diversify so if the stock market crashes, you've got real estate. If, if this crashes, you have some... So diversify. Well, if Jesus was asking for financial advice here, we would have told him, Jesus, you probably shouldn't put it all on the line. That's pretty risky. You're, you're giving up everything that you might buy this one pearl. Now think about this. Here comes the merchant. He sold his land holdings. He cashed in his CDs. He, he uh, closed out all of his stocks. He's got all of his money. All of his money. Jesus says he sold it all. He walks into the jewelry store. Puts it on the counter. I want that pearl. I want that one pearl. You, you, you're selling everything? Yeah, I want the one pearl. Here he comes. He got, he's got the pearl. He walks out of the store and he trips. Oop. Pearl drops out of his hand. Bink, 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 bink. Off the curb. Down the, into the drain. What is he going to do? What is that merchant going to do? Oh, well. There goes my investment. No! What's he going to do? He's going to get down there. He's going to rip that grade off. He's going to get down there. He's going to go get that pearl, take it out, clean it up. He just put his entire life savings on that pearl. How about if you work for two weeks, hard labor, and you go get your paycheck? And you take it to the bank. We don't get paychecks anymore, but when there was such a thing as a paycheck in cash, you take the check to the bank and you put it on the, give it to the teller and she gives you a wad of cash. Two weeks worth of work. And you walk out the door and a gust of wind blows the money out of your hand. What are you going to do? You're going after it. That's exactly right. No one has to tell you. You know because it's what you value and what you value you care about. This is Jesus. He's telling you, I value you and I put everything on the line. And there is no way when you fall and you get muddy and you get dirty, there is no way he's going to turn his back on you. He's coming after us. I tell you, this, this penetrates deep into my heart. This is the way I want to live. I, I want to understand that he, he's the one. It's about him. Anything I do, any of the good works that I do, are in response to his great love for me. When I understand he values me, it motivates me. So, closing and summary. In the book of Daniel, the prophet Daniel, he says, the people who know their God will do great exploits. The people who know their God. Knowing God and understanding how he views us, when you get that epiphany, when you get that revelation, and you stop trying to earn the pleasure of God. It'll change you. It'll change the way you walk. It'll change the way you talk. It'll change what you do. And then your, your good deeds 
and your service to mankind are the outgrowth of gratitude for who God is and what he's done for you. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for this parable that Jesus told. And and God, I thank you for opening my eyes and, and clarifying the right understanding of what Jesus was trying to teach. God, that it is about you searching for us. It is about you putting everything on the line that you might have us, that you might have that relationship. And God, that you value us not because of what we do. You value us because of who we are. We are your children, created in your image. Awaken, God, in each of us that understanding that there's nothing we can do to earn that favor. It's recognizing why you favor us. I just want to take a moment as we're praying here right now. I don't know the spiritual condition of you here today, but I just wonder, are there there some people here possibly today that you realize God's chasing after you, that God's been calling you? Maybe, Maybe you somehow you strayed. Maybe you're, you've been looking and you've, think it's about you finding God, but this morning you're beginning to recognize God is looking. His eyes, my eyes right now, I'm looking at you. I'm searching. Is he knocking at the door of your heart saying, please, I'll pay anything. I've given it all. I've sacrificed. Jesus set aside his God stuff that he might have a relationship with you. He's interested in you. Maybe you feel some kind of energy or thumping in your heart but i just want to take a moment and pray and ask the holy spirit if if he's calling you into that relationship and maybe you've been there before but for whatever reason you've strayed or maybe this morning you're getting the revelation he's calling me i want to know this god father i pray right now if you're knocking at the door of any man and any woman's heart any child's heart right now holy spirit of god they would they would hear that. They would sense it. God, that you could give an epiphany, a revelation, the wisdom this morning. This is about you looking for them. That you might bring them into your kingdom. Awaken their hearts. Just, just as we're closing, if, if anybody here is feeling that or sensing that this morning, would you just do me a favor? I'm going to ask you just in a minute. Hold your hand up and I'm going to pray with you that God would seal this on your heart and that you would recognize God's great love for you. If if I'm talking to you, you sense that this morning, just do me a favor, just hold your hand up. I want to pray for you this morning. Anybody sensing that? Holy Spirit chasing you and calling you, bringing you into his kingdom. Time to reconnect. Anybody this morning? Well, Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. God, I thank you that your love for us is boundless. It's, it's eternal. And we are grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you, church, for being with us. I want to invite you, if you would like to receive some prayer, we have folks who will be down here who can pray with you. And um, thank you, Dave, for your word. It is true that uh, God looks at us and he says that we are worthy of so much. We are beautiful in his sight. And so I want to just um, encourage you as you go out from this place, know your worth in God. Know your worth in him and share that with others, that they are just as worthy. Thank you, church, for being with us. Go in peace. We hope you encountered the love of Jesus in this message. If you'd like to be a part of the ministry God is doing through Quest, whether in person or online, go to questvineyard.org for more information. If you want to worship God by supporting Quest financially, go to questvineyard.org give. May God bless you this week as you partner with God to change the world one friendship at a time.